the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell. Well, good evening and welcome to another exciting edition of Contending for the Faith. We're the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church. We are live, live for the next hour with your host, Barry, a pastor, lecturer, professor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. Well, tonight, we bring you part 19. It's amazing. We've been 19 episodes in on this rich and amazing series on the doctrine of the Trinity. This essential doctrine of the Christian faith is one of the most controversial teachings in the Bible. The doctrine of the Trinity has been misunderstood. It's been maligned. It's been attacked. It's been denied. And it's even been eisegeted throughout history, going all the way back to the Arian heresy under Arius Alexander. So the big question is, why? Why is there so much biblical illiteracy when it comes to this doctrine, particularly in our churches? And what can we do to disciple people in this essential teaching? Well, for the answer to this and much, much more, stay tuned, for we are not pretending. We are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, um, bless, and thank you so much for that challenging and uplifting introduction. We always get blessed by the Lord using you at the beginning of this uh, Contending for the Faith uh, program. And we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we know you're going to be blessed by our program tonight. Well, we are, uh, as Brother Gary said, uh, dealing with the Trinity, and we have moved to the area of Trinitarian texts. And so we want to encourage you, uh, if you're at home, uh, to pull up uh, to uh, your desk and a chair and get your Bibles and get your notepaper and then uh, get a pen to write with uh, because you're about to enter into a Bible college uh, training and seminary training on the nature, essence, and being of who God is. There are so many people ignorant of who God is, and they are ignorant of God even when they are uh, in churches singing about him. They sing about who God is, but they don't know who he is because a lot of people have not been discipled. The word Christian is mentioned three times in the Bible, And the word disciple is mentioned over 269 times. What does that tell you? It tells you that you need to be discipled. And so we're going to get into this Trinitarian text. And we got into it uh, the first time uh, last uh, Saturday. And uh, I started off by talking about 
uh, four times uh, in the Old Testament, uh, the word us is in reference to the Trinity. Uh, the first time the word us is mentioned is in Genesis 1 and 26. And also the second time is Genesis 3 and 22. Third time, Genesis 11 and 7. And the fourth time is Isaiah 6 and 8. Four times regarding the us. And tonight we will uh, get into Trinitarian texts from the perspective of the New Testament because the New Testament comes out clearer on who the us is. And it is important for us to know who the true us is in relationship to uh, us worshiping him and following him. And we said before, and I'll re repeat this again, that uh, you never start off with uh, convincing people or trying to talk to people, because only the Holy Spirit is the one that convinces people, but you never start off with uh, Trinitarian texts. You always start off with the basis of your belief, the foundation of your belief. In other words, we have said that if we come up with a beautiful definition of the Trinity, we want to say within the nature of the one true God, there are three eternal distinct persons who are called Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They are co-equal, co-eternal, and co-existence. That is a basic definition of the Trinity in a nutshell. Now, you have to uh, develop the basis of your faith and the foundation of your faith first before you get into Trinitarian text, because if you get into Trinitarian text, people will accuse you of circular reasoning. That is, you, you'll be going into circles with your argument, and you'll confuse people. And so we, what we want to do is take the fusion out of confusion and get into the basis of our belief first. And that's what we've done in this series. We've uh, demonstrated, uh, if it can be shown that there is one God, we've demonstrated that. We've demonstrated that that one God is called Father, and that one God is called Son, that one God is called Holy Spirit. And now we're ready to get into Trinitarian texts from the perspective of the New Testament. Now, get your Bibles and be prepared to follow along uh, with this teaching. Now, if you don't get it all, you can always look at the podcast or you can write us and we can work it out where we can get you a CD. So the first thing, I want to kind of mention uh, five things in terms of Trinitarian text in the New Testament to keep this off. The first one is in Matthew chapter 1 and verses 18 through 23. Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 23. This is the first Trinitarian text, and we see that the Trinity was there at the birth of Jesus Christ. And verse 18 says, and I want you to notice this, now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child as of the Holy Spirit. Verse 20 says, but while he thought on these things, behold, an angel of the Lord, uh, Yahweh, appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, Fear not to take unto thee, Mary, thy wife, for that which is conceived in her 
is of the Holy Spirit. Now, I want you to notice something important in these verses of Scripture. You have Jesus talks about the birth of Jesus. That's one person of the Trinity, right? It talks about a child. That's talking about Jesus. And then it mentions the Holy Spirit. That's another person of the Trinity. And then verse 20 says, And behold, the angel of the Lord, that is Yahweh the Father. So you have the Trinity in uh, Matthew chapter 1, 18 through 23. And then as you continue to move on in verse 21, it talks about, and she shall bring uh, forth a son. That's talking about the second person of the Trinity. And his name shall be called Jesus. And he shall save his people from their sins. And let's go down to Matthew 1 and 23. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son. That's Jesus. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. God with us. And God is with us in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, all three together. Now, the second point in terms of the Trinitarian text is that we find Trinitarian texts, again, with the birth of uh, Jesus Christ in Luke chapter 1, verse 35. Luke chapter 1, verse 35. And it says, And the angel said unto her, The Holy Spirit shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which it shall be born to thee shall be called the Son of God. So we have here the Trinity. The Holy Spirit mentioned, we, we have also the highest, the power of the highest, that's the Father, and then the holy thing born of thee, that is talking about the Son of God, which is Jesus. So we got the second point, we have the Trinity again at the birth of Christ. Now, thirdly, we find Trinitarian texts at the baptism of Jesus. We see in Matthew chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. Matthew chapter 3, 16 and 17, verse 16. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lightning upon him. Verse 17. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, and whom I am well pleased. So we see the Trinity again, at the baptism of Jesus, verse 16, Jesus is mentioned. And then also in this same verse, the Spirit of God, that's the Holy Spirit. And then verse 17, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son and whom I'm well pleased. That's the Father. Oh, these are tremendous truths here, seeing the Godhead all together. Fourthly, we see also, and very seldom do we hear this when it comes to Trinitarian texts. You ever thought about the uh, Trinity was even involved and in around the testing of Jesus, the temptation of Jesus in Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 through 4. Verse 1 says, Then was Jesus led uh, by the Spirit unto the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And go down to verse 4. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Now watch this, out of the mouth of God. God who? The Father. So let's look at this carefully. 
In uh, Matthew chapter 4, verse 1, we see the name of Jesus. That's one person of the Trinity, led by the Holy Spirit. That's another person of the Trinity, led in the wilderness. My friend, I tell you this, and you need to know this. When it comes to spiritual warfare, if you are not led by the Spirit, filled by the Spirit, you will become a doomed casualty. You need to be led by the Spirit every day or you'll be led by the flesh and led by the devil. And Jesus was led into the wilderness by the Spirit, another person of the Trinity, all working together. And then Jesus quotes the word of God, and uh, he mentions out of the mouth of God, talking about God the Father. Now, fifthly and lastly, in terms of Trinitarian texts, is mentioned regarding uh, the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. When the religious leaders will blaspheme against the Holy Spirit, write this down in Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12, verses 28 and verses 31 through 32. Matthew chapter 12, verses 28 and 31 through 32. Let's look at verse uh, 28. Jesus said, now this is, uh, uh, Jesus is speaking, he said, but if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God uh, is coming to you. So look at the Trinity in this verse. Jesus is the one that's speaking. And then he mentions, uh, if I cast demons out by the spirit of God, that's, the, that's the, another person of the Trinity. And then he says, the kingdom of God, that's referring to the Father. Look at verse 31. Therefore I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy and shall be forgiven unto men. But blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, there is no forgiveness uh, of this unto uh, men. Now, somebody asked a question uh, before to me on the radio, and I want to answer that right now in closing. What does it mean to blaspheme against the Holy Spirit? Does it mean to commit suicide? No. What does it mean in the context well, when you look at the context, you have these, these religious leaders who was speaking, uh, saying that Jesus was possessed by a demon, Beelzebub, the prince of demons. And so they were accusing Jesus that the work in him, which is the Holy Spirit, was demonically influenced and inspired. Now, to blaspheme against the Holy Spirit Jesus is saying clearly here that when the religious leaders were doing that, they were willfully, they were willfully, deliberately, rebelliously speaking and rejecting the power of the Holy Spirit to convict them of sin, righteousness, and judgment. To blaspheme against the Holy Spirit is to be in a deliberate state of sin and not repenting. When the truth is before you and God is trying to speak to you and you willfully, deliberately, and rebelliously continue to fight against the Holy Spirit. And also another way to blaspheme against the Holy Spirit is to die in your sin and never be forgiven, my friend. So this is my prayer to you right now before we close this program. Uh, I want you to pray with me right now. Dear Lord, Forgive me for willfully, deliberately, rebelliously rejecting the power of the Holy Spirit to work in my life 
and to convict me of sin, righteousness, and judgment. I confess my sins. I repent of my sins. I accept you as Savior and Lord of my life. And Lord, just lead me as King of King and Lord of Lords. These things we ask in the name of Jesus regarding Trinitarian texts. Brother Gary. Amen to that. Well, I, it's time for us to take that commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. My name is Gary Bell. Once again, we always say this is a prayer-driven ministry. We want you to make prayer your first response, not your last resort. And we appreciate all of you who consistently pray for us. It's so important. It's so vital that uh, your prayers continue to go forward to, to touch the throne of grace for us because we know we need it. There's no way we could have been on the air as long as we have without your prayers. And also, this is a listener-supported ministry. It costs us 400 a week to remain on the air. And right now, we are, as of today, we are caught up. But by next week, we'll need another $260. So we want to just uh, cover your prayers and and also ask that you would partner with us financially through here at Contending for the Faith. It's so vital that we have your prayers. It's so vital that you step up to the plate and hit us a home run uh, financially as well. There's two ways that you can donate. Uh, first one is simply write a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553. Tiburon, California, spelled T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. But the second way is so much easier. Just go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. And click on the donate button, and you will be a blessing for time and eternity. And we always, you know, at the end of the broadcast, I like to encourage everybody to, you know, send us a note. Drop us a note. And let us know how the program has blessed you. And so this week we received a very, very touching note. And Dr. Buckner, you're going to read that for us tonight? Uh, yes, Brother Gary, I appreciate you uh, remembering that. Uh, we did get uh, at the top of the week a beautiful letter. Blessings. We get wonderful uh, letters from people saying how much they're getting blessed and touched. And so this letter starts off with, uh, Dear Dr. Buckner and Brother Gary, I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior years ago, but only after listening to Contending for the Faith did I begin to know and love him. Dr. Butner, your clear and thorough teaching of God's word and your enormous wisdom plus such passion uh, for your listeners bring God's love, mercy, and justice to life. You taught me to be sober about what God expects from us and that we must draw him near day and night. You always provide homework to do so that when Saturday arrives, 7 to 8 p.m., my favorite time of, of work week, I have grown in my walk with God and I am ready to receive new insight 
uh, you will be speaking of. There are no words to adequately express what your ministry means to me. When I hear the music begins, uh, when I hear the music begin and Brother Gary introduce you, my heart sings along. God bless you both for your faithfulness to the Lord. I pray that the blessings of God will be upon contending for the faith always with appreciation, love, Sophia. And then she has P.S. Brother Gary, I was so thrilled to hear the good news about your colonoscopy. Please also ask Rick if he would be willing to leave his number so with Vince so I can contact him. What a beautiful letter, Brother Gary. Oh, yeah. Very touching. Mm -hmm. Very touching. And I tell you, we appreciate uh, Sophia as well as all of you in the past that have written us and supported us. You don't know how much it means to us. So we want to encourage you to continue to do that and step up to the plate and knock a home run for Jesus. Amen. Yes. Amen. You know, it's so important to surround yourself with encouragers. You know, there should be somebody in your life that offers you a word of encouragement every so often. And, you know, as, as people in ministry, as pastors and, and teachers and uh, whatever the ministry we all need encouragement to keep going, to keep fighting a good fight, to, to stay on track, to, to stay focused. And so, you know, if you know, uh, you know, pray for your pastors, pray for your leaders, encourage them, um, give them a word of encouragement all the time so that they can stay um, in the fight, stay in the race. It's so vital. Well, Dr. Buckner, are you ready to go to some of these phone calls. Let's do that, Brother Gary. Sounds like a winner. All right. Um, let's go to Brother Rick. He's been patiently waiting. Brother Rick, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing well, thank you. I want to, I want to also wish everybody a happy Passover. Thank, thank you, you so much, Rick. We appreciate that. Well. Thank you so yeah, much. We think about, a lot of times we forget the fact that Jesus celebrated the Passover as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we appreciate that. And what's on your heart tonight? Got a question. Very, very interesting question. In reading uh, Matthew 24, verses 36 through 41, I, I felt a lot of confusion there because uh, the, the, way, the, the way it was mentioned was one was taken and one was left behind. And uh, among the things uh, I, I kept thinking about it, is, does this relate to a pre-trib argument, or does this relate to something else? Well, that's a good uh, question. And this uh, uh, chapter, as well as these verses, have confused uh, a lot of uh, Christian people. And uh, but when you really look at the context of uh, verses. Uh, 34, uh, 35 through 41 uh, is self-explanatory in the context itself, uh, because this is not talking about a pre-tribulational rapture, nor is it talking about rapture at all in the context, uh, because when we read it, let me just kind of read it here, verse 36 through 41. It says, but of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my father only. But as, as the days of Noah were, so shall also 
the coming of the Son of Man be. Whereas in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying, giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall two be in the field, one shall be taken and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill, the one shall be taken and the other left. So in the context of this, these verses of scripture, it's talking about judgment, not rapture. It's talking about judgment. Why is it, why am I saying it's talking about judgment? Because when you look at verse 39, it says during the time of Noah, there were people taken away in the flood. They were taken away in the flood in judgment. So when it talks about some will be taken away, that's those who are unrighteous taken into judgment and the ones that are left are the righteous. So in the, the context explains itself. I think uh, Ori Torre, the great prince among preachers, one time said, a text taken out of its context becomes a pretext for error. And that's so true. People just need to read the context, not eisegete it and read things into the context that's not there. This is in the context of judgment. And that's the way we must uh, look at these passages of Scripture and uh, accept it as that. So hopefully this is giving some additional insight and taking the fusion out of confusion for you. Because when we think about Noah, there were just uh, very few that were left behind. Mm -hmm. And everybody else was taken. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so absolutely. It's, really a, it's, it's also a warning to us today. Yes, it is. It's a true warning. And the, the, it's not a sin that people were eating and drinking uh, in the context. Uh, the sin was that they were eating and drinking and not giving God the glory. I mean, there's people like that today. You know, I can be at a restaurant with my family and we'll be praying. And all of a sudden, somebody will look over and say, wow, you know, I used to do that. And I stopped doing it. I said, well, start doing it again. The Lord is trying to speak to you through seeing me and my family praying. So, but that's amazing how many people are just eating and drinking and partying and Jesus is nowhere to be found. So that's uh, important for us to. to uh, I think of my own family Passover celebrations. Yeah. It was yeah. more about the eating and the drinking. Uh-huh. Right. Do you have any, any prayer requests? I basically pray, pray, pray that my uh, mother's, my, my family's heart opens up on this Passover. Okay. That's all I'd like to really uh, pray for today. It relates to salvation, but let it begin with the heart opening up. Amen. Well, we're going to have uh, Brother Gary to uh, lift uh, you up and your, your mother up in prayer around this. Yes. So, Lord, we just thank you for Brother Rick. We pr continuously pray for his family, his mother especially that she would open her heart, Lord God, that it would be softened by your Holy Spirit, and that she would accept you, Lord Jesus, as her Savior, as well as the rest of his family. And we continue to pray and lift up Brother Rick, that you keep him in good health, keep him encouraged, keep him always prayerful and moving forward. And we give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Uh, Brother Rick, thank you so much for your uh, call and your good question as always. And 
Uh, keep us posted on how your mom is doing. Amen. All right. Do we have enough time to get to Jermaine or we need to? Go you know what we should probably do? We had a caller ask for prayer and he wants to take it off the air. That's Brother Alfred. Okay. So why don't we pray for Brother Alfred and when we take take that break and come back, we'll we'll get uh, Brother Jermaine on the line. This sounds like a good plan. All right. So, Lord, we just lift up Brother Alfred's request. Lord, we know he just recently received his COVID vaccination, and I think there's some concern there. And, Lord, we just pray that you would cover him, that you would protect him, and that you give him peace regarding it, Lord God. And just thank you that uh, you've made a vaccination possible, that you are working to eradicate this thing and we just pray, Lord God, that you continue to, to move in a mighty way across this planet as only you can, that your will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so we thank you, we praise you, and give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, it is time for us to take that commercial break. Uh, our phone lines are open. We want to hear from you. That number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's one 888 367-5329. Don't be shy. Pick up that phone and let us know what's on your mind. You have questions for us tonight, possibly about the Trinity or whatever may be going on in your life or in the life of your church family. We're here to answer those questions and to give you reasons and answers for your faith to equip you. Because we always say, if you're not equipped, expect to get whipped. You know, we live in a, a constant state of of, of warfare, and you need to be equipped in the battle so that you're not going down in defeat. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area Pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. A little bit of information that, you know, I bet a lot of you don't realize is that Contending for the Faith has its own podcast. And every episode that we do on Saturday night is turned into a podcast, and you can access all those wonderful uh, topics of this entire series on the Trinity is there. All you have to do is go online to uh, KFAX 1100 AM, uh, KFAX1100.com, I guess is what, what their website is. And uh, you can access all the many, many, many teachings that we've done over the years right there. Uh, you, you can uh, you know access it, pick it out by topic and um, share it with others and let people know about this information. It's a great, great resource and we are really blessed to be able to offer that to you. So we just want to encourage you, take the time and, and take a look at that and listen to those podcasts. Um, in addition to that, it costs us 400 a month to remain on the air. And so we always uh, like to say, you know, this is a prayer-supported ministry as well as a listener-supported ministry. So we need your prayers as well as your financial giving. There's two ways you can donate. Uh, one, send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, 
Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Second way is so much easier. Just go online to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org. Click on the donate button and you will be a blessing for time and eternity. Well, Dr. Buckner, ready to get back to our callers tonight? Let's do that, Brother Gary. Okay. Brother Jermaine, are you there? I guess I'm here. How are you doing, Brother Jermaine? Yeah, long time no here, Brother Jermaine. (laughs) Yeah, it's been the whole half a day or something. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Don't stay away so long. Yeah. Yeah, it was good always to hear your voice, brother, and I got a chance to talk with you, and then now Gary, so that's a blessing. And what's on your heart tonight? Yeah, I was very blessed by both of you, but um, uh, yeah, question on my mind was actually um, about, you know, concerning just Bible study, Bible doctrine, and what brought that up is I uh, remember some encounters I've had with Jehovah's Witnesses in the past, and uh, my wife's cousin kind of went through uh, his, I guess, spiritual transition where he was running the streets and living the opposite way, but now he's uh, tried to clean up his life, but unfortunately he kind of fell into the Jehovah's Witnesses group, and he doesn't know how much I know about them, but I know about, you know, me of the cultic practices, and, and I happen to have Walter Martin's book here with me that I'm traveling with, so I'm going to dig into it, but I would say one thing I, I've always been impressed by is the fact that they really are very, very steeped and educated in their own doctrine. It's still cultic, but I do kind of like just sit back and, and see how thoroughly they're, they're uh, I guess you could say, indoctrinated, and the only thing I've seen kind of shake them is people I would consider on, you know, of a upper tier yourself, Brother Gary, and, and serious Christians. And, and I know a lot of my, my brothers who are out there and they want to engage with them, they just don't know how. And so that's why I was calling is to kind of get some tips on proper Bible study methods and preparation, not just for dealing with them, but for, for any cult or any false belief system. Like how can someone start from the very bottom floor say, like Genesis chapter 1, all the way through Revelation, like what's a good method of study so you can really get to know your Bible enough to combat these things? Okay, very good question. Um, Let me say this, and and you might want to take some notes on this, uh, because I have taught classes on this and dealt with a lot of churches on this, and uh, they've asked me questions on this. I've came into churches and equipped people on it. I would always say uh, a good method uh, of starting off with a Bible is start off with the Gospel of John, because each Gospel has a theme. You know, Matthew talks about Jesus as king, and then Mark talks about Jesus as servant, and Luke speaks about Jesus as man, and John speaks about Jesus as God. So in dealing with cults and isms and false religions, John hits it at the heart of who Jesus is, even starting off in the beginning with the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. And throughout the Gospel of John, it's uh, emphasizing that Jesus is God. So uh, new beginners and people that are not just new beginners, but people that want to learn a good method to set about it, they start off with the Johannian Gospel, which is John. Then what you want to do from there is uh, the the Old Testament 
can be uh, sometimes overwhelming, you know, especially when you get into a lot of the uh, the five books, first five books, and you get into Leviticus and Deuteronomy and extra, especially Leviticus and Numbers and stuff like that. So what I encourage people to do is after they study the Gospel of John is to go to the book of Hebrews because the book of Hebrews, uh, the, whoever the author was, he gives a, a Reader's Digest condensation of the entire Old Testament. Uh, and so rather than just jumping there and uh, just being overwhelmed, you get a Reader's Digest condensation of it by going to the book of Hebrews. And then once you finish the book of Hebrews, then you can go to uh, Genesis and then you go, you read Genesis and then you go to Matthew and then you read Exodus and then you go to Mark and then you just go back and forth with each book of the Bible, 66 books and all. So that's a really good method. Um, and um, of course, with that method, you need to have some really good uh, materials uh, with you. So it's good for you to have a Bible dictionary. Uh, if you don't have that, you need to get a good Bible dictionary. You can always call us and we can connect you with a, some good uh, resources like an Unger's Bible dictionary. You want to get uh, Young's, a Strong's analytical concordance, uh, an atlas map, uh, and you also want to get a, a commentary. Now, what I generally tell people that's beginning is to get them a Matthew Henry one, uh, because it's a devotional commentary. It's not too extremely deep, and he'll take something like, uh, for instance, in the uh, when God created man, uh, create a woman from the man. He'll say something like, God created the woman from the man's side, not from the head to uh, rule over her as a dictator, but and not from the feet to trample on her. From the side, that's where the heart and that's where equality is. They're equal. So Matthew Henry commentary is a real good one. And that man was a genius. He read the whole Bible through when he was five years of age. He, he was, that's how bright he was. So you want to get those things, and you want to get into a method of uh, meditation because the Bible speaks a lot about meditation um, and meditate day and night. And you, that's how you get into scriptural memorization because the emphasis of Bible study is three three aspects and one is meditation the other is seeking wisdom through the holy spirit and guidance because proverbs 3 5 and 6 says trust in the lord with all your heart lean not to your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path but paul also tells us to in second timothy 2 and 15 study to show yourself approval to god a workman not needed not to blush rightly dividing the word of truth so um and then the last thing is uh, when you get into meditation, you get into a prayer life uh, along with your study, because when you before you start studying, you ask God to, um, what I always do is say, God, you're going to speak to me through your word, and I'm going to speak to you through prayer. And I meditate upon the word of God daily. 
And that's how I've gotten good at scriptural memorization. But the last thing is this, that you need to have an accountability person uh, because a lot of times we get all over the place and we get, that's why it's good to have a real good wise pastor and some brothers that are wise in the Lord, because you want in order for you to stay focused, faithful, and fruitful, you got to be accountable to some brothers that are wiser than you in the word. And they will call you and say, brother, where are you at? How have you been faithful to this? And have you been consistent with that? Because the big thing with dealing with cults and isms, say this last thing, so we can get, uh, you know, CC in here before the program ends. The big thing I try to tell people is that God doesn't want us to become, I'm a cult expert dealing with cults, but he doesn't want us to become a cult expert in, in knowing cults. The, the first thing that he wants us to do is become an expert on Jesus knowing the real Jesus, and then that way we'll never be fooled by the counterfeit. That's why Paul says to second uh, to the church in 2 Corinthians 11, 3 and 4, I fear lest by any means that the serpent beguile Eve through his craftiness, your minds will be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For if someone comes and preach another Jesus, you may go along with it. So we need to be equipped in the area of knowing the real Jesus and starting off with the Gospel of John will equip everybody into doing to knowing who he is. So hopefully that's helped. I've kind of went into this on a more thorough level, but if you got the points that I gave you, it'll really be a blessing to you. Yeah, yeah. I was actually um, I was asking for some a uh, couple other people, but you know I I had never heard of the commentary, so I'm gonna order it as soon as I'm done and, and add it to my own studies. I appreciate it. Yeah, that'll really help you along with your study. Uh, and then uh, follow the method that I said. Go with Duke John and then Hebrews and then start going from book to book. Old Testament, then go to the New. And that'll help you. But also make sure you get that accountability person. All right. All right, brother. Well, appreciate your call and, and, and God bless you. All right. You know, Dr. Buckner, you mentioned meditation. And yeah. one of the things that... Um, I thought was really important. You said meditate upon God's word, meditate on it. Yes. You know, this is people hear that word meditation and all kinds of things go through their mind. They mm-hmm. think about Eastern meditation where you're sitting cross-legged with your index finger and your thumb pointed together in all this weirdness. But when Christians meditate, we're not emptying our mind, but we're filling it with, with God's word. We're meditating upon God. We're meditating upon Jesus's word. And so there's a there's a distinction there yes. that uh, we need to make sure people understand that you know this is not the same thing that the world when you, the world uses that word it becomes something else. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, good point. All right, well, let's get to Brother Cece. Well, we Brother still have Cece. a little bit of time. Brother Cece, how you doing? Hey, how you, how you guys doing? We're blessed. It's always good to hear your voice, and so we'll use our time wisely. What's on your heart? Can you speak closer to your whatever you are? We can barely hear you. And I want to ask you about Antipas. Okay. Uh, you mean uh, Antipas in relationship to the Book of Mormon? Uh, the, the one, at the, yeah, I guess he's like a false, false teacher or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the um, 
Well, let me just say this. Antipas, it, it, had the, the, it was a thing in relationship to the uh, Book of Mormon. Uh, Antipas was a considered to, by them a Nephite military commander who lived in the first century B.C. And the story of Antipas and his army is detailed in the 56th chapter of the Book of Alma, A-L-M-A. So you can get more information from there. Uh, but Antipas' uh, army was strengthened with about 2,000 warriors under the leadership of Hillman. Uh, and uh, Antipas engaged in invading the Lamanite uh, army. That's something, another thing is mentioned in uh, the Mormon book. And uh, Antipas finally overtook the Lamanites after three days. And however, uh, the Battle of Antipas was, uh, he was slain. So, but let me just make this note uh, very important on Mormonism because uh, I did a class on Mormonism. I'm a professor at Gateway Seminary and I did a class, a whole uh, semester to students on uh, cults. I covered the Jehovah Witnesses, the Mormons, the Black Hebrew Israelites, and I covered the Nation of Islam. Now, this is, this is very important to understand in relationship to the, the Book of uh, Mormon and the, the Pearl of Great Price, the Doctrine and Covenants, and is that um, there was a guy early in history uh, during the 1800s, his name was Solomon Spaulding. Uh, you may want to uh, do some research on Solomon Spaulding. Uh, he was a uh, a minister and all, as well as a fictional writer. So he wrote a lot of stuff, <clears throat> fictional stuff, and he put it in a museum. The next thing you know, that the museum was broken in two. And uh, when it was broken in two, it was broken in two by Joseph Smith, uh, the founder of the Mormon uh, church. They broke into it and they stole all of the uh, writings of Solomon Spaulding and plagiarized it. So all of the uh, writings in this Lamanites, the Nephites and all of that, and the crazy sites, I put crazy sites, all of that stuff is stolen material and plagiarized stuff from Solomon Spaulding. You can look up the gentleman's name and you'll see exactly what I'm saying is true. When I shared this with students, they were blown away. They said, man, we're so glad to have you as our professor because you're bringing things on a different level that we've never heard before. So do some research on Solomon Spaulding in relationship to a minister, fictional writer, and you'll find that the uh, Joseph Smith and some of his men before Joseph Smith was killed, uh, they broke into a, a, a jail and killed Joseph Smith and Hiram, his brother. And they were upset with that and a lot of other things. So he got a lot of people upset. That's why he ended up dead and his brother Hiram. So hopefully that's helped you out. And uh, check out Solomon Spaulding. And then uh, w when you do a little research on him, uh, take out about three or four minutes next uh, uh, Saturday and tell me what you, you learned about him. Okay, hey, man, that's, I appreciate it. That's some really good information you gave me. I never heard that broke down either like that before. You know, and I've looked at some of Mormon teachers and heard teachers on Mormons, and I never heard that mentioned before. That's 
that's some that's some that's some really good information. I'm gonna definitely I'll follow up on that. So you say you want me to follow up on what you what you want me to do next week? You say Solomon Spalding. Solomon Spalding. Okay, you want me to give some additional information on him? Well, not just uh, just look at the information with him regarding uh, the Joseph Smith and all of them breaking breaking into the museum. And let me see what you found out with that. Just be short and sweet with it as we're on a tight schedule. But check it out. And then when you uh, call in next time, I want to see what you learn. I'm definitely going to do that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I look forward to um, doing that. You know what I'm saying? That's what, that's what uh, really uh, keep me keep me busy. I appreciate that. A good homework assignment. <laughs> all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can yeah. take this show and, and, and get going here. Um, We've come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast, and we'd like to thank Vince, our engineer, and you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. It's important for us to hear from you. Your letters and cards are an encouragement to us, so please drop us a note and let us know how this program has blessed you. You can reach us at Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Please keep us in your prayers until next week at this time, when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner. Always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you.